Welcome back to In the Bonus. I'm your host, Johnny Peterson, talking all things NBA news, stories, and highlights. So, this week, we sat down with my good buddy Nick Chez again. Had to bring him back on the podcast because this whole Jimmy Butler situation has just been an absolute circus, like we've been saying, completely unnecessary, completely overblown into something that is going to have potentially a detrimental effect on both parties, on the franchise of the Minnesota Timberwolves, as well as Jimmy Butler. So without further ado, we will hop right into that conversation, and I hope you guys enjoy it. There's been so many twists and turns. You'll hear one thing at the beginning of the day reported by somebody, yeah, and a player will come out and tweet like, "No, that's not what. That's not how it is." Like, I mean, do do does anyone know what's? what's I don't think anyone happening? knows what's really happening. But for for those of you who are listening and not sure what we're talking about, we'll just kind of recap a little bit. So three weeks ago. Jimmy Butler is a guard for the Minnesota Timberwolves, and he asks for a trade. He wants out of Minnesota. He's done with the franchise. He wants to move on. The trade talks were between Miami. He wanted to go to Brooklyn. We talked about this on the podcast. Brooklyn, Clippers, or the Knicks. None of those really came to fruition. And then Miami was a huge player, and it's still looking kind of like Miami's the destination for Jimmy. But nothing happened up until practices started. So he plays in his first practice, and then there was media everywhere at the practice just because this is such a big deal. Someone who's so vocally wanting to be out of the out of the franchise now has to practice with them. He apparently was cussing at his players. He told the GM straight up, you effing need me. You can't win without me. He took the third-string guys onto his team during a practice scrimmage and absolutely just, just beat the starters right, flat yeah, out. Really. Beat them right out of the gym, yeah. And now you said we there's another Bleacher Report update that you just got on your phone. He's supposed to he's supposed to be on the starting, uh, the starting five on Wednesday night versus the Spurs. So it looks like Butler's going to be starting the season with Minnesota. That's just what we've seen. I think one of the things that we need to point out is and I was listening to the Zach Lowe podcast, and I sent it to you, and we were talking about that a little about that yesterday. No one really knows what's going on because none of us are there. We're merely just commentating on what we see happening in the media and what people like Wojnarowski are reporting. And so it's tough to to assume what these what people are thinking, what Jimmy Butler's thinking, what Tom Thibodeau is thinking, without them actually speaking out. But then we did see Jimmy Butler. Right after the practice, he already had a, an interview scheduled with Rachel Nichols to kind of explain that he shouldn't have to explain that. Oh, absolutely not. I, I thought that that interview was unnecessary. Completely unnecessary because it, you take away Twitter, you take away NBA media, and this is just another story that goes under the rug. We have no idea how many um, how many practices have been like this. I mean... From our experience, we both played basketball growing up. There are practices like that where one player is pissed for a, for some reason, and you you just it gets a little out of hand. You cuss at somebody, you cuss at a teammate, cuss at a player. Obviously, it's not wanted. That's not good sportsmanship. That's not how sports should be played. But it does happen, and it's a reality that we need to accept. So, just as a Timberwolves fan, what is your take on this whole Butler situation? What's your ideal situation for Jimmy Butler and for the Timberwolves? Ideal situation, he'd probably be out of there because yeah. judging off of pure speculation and taking in all the reports and finding out which one at face value you think makes the most sense, it sounds like Jimmy 
doesn't he's pissed at the players first of all because yeah. he says Carlton Towns and Wiggins don't play hard enough. They don't, you know, they don't bust their ass for the team really. Right. And I think his main concern is that why is management buying into these guys, you know, giving them the two max deals, making them the faces of the franchise. This is from Butler's point of view? Yeah. Okay. He's probably wondering, you're you're embracing this. You know, you're not telling these guys they need to work harder. Because he he came out with that quote saying, Carlton Towns, most talented guy on the team, for sure. Wiggins, most physically gifted, like gift from God. Right. Meant to play basketball. He's just that athletic. He doesn't work that hard. The hardest worker on the team, Jimmy Butler. Jimmy he's, Butler, exactly. He's absolutely right. And I think that that kind of points to, if you agree with me, that kind of points to, in my mind, sort of that generation that we're seeing. This is a new generation of younger guys that uh, of, that are coming into the league. And you have kind of the old school, sort of semi-old school with Jimmy Butler where you work hard, you make it to the NBA. And Jimmy Butler didn't have those athletic gifts coming into the league. He had to fight through community college. He had to earn his way into Marquette and then into the NBA and prove himself. He's an amazing story. That's part of it. He's probably the hardest, one of the hardest workers in the NBA. Exactly. And, and then you have guys like Wiggins and Towns who are given all of the God-given athletic abilities and size that you could hope to want in an NBA player. But that doesn't seem to uh, be backed up by that hardworking tenacity, that chip on your shoulders, simply because with social media, younger players are getting hyped up earlier. That sort of hard work mentality, I feel like, is leaving sports in general. With social media, you can also see what these players are doing off the court. And I'm, right. I'm not saying that, you know, Carl Anthony Towns shouldn't be streaming Fortnite with his friends. There's nothing wrong with yeah, that. Yeah, that's a, totally he's fine. He's a human being, he's allowed to have his hobbies, but. It's pretty clear that Jimmy Butler spends most of his free time, like, you know, he's not posting about what he's doing. He's probably in the gym. Yeah, exactly. And I think Damian Lillard kind of sides with that, too. He doesn't film his workouts the way we've seen a lot of players do. And then, you know, I shit on Melo all the time for um, posting workout videos, and then you don't back it up during the season. If you're in the NBA, that's not a guaranteed thing that you're going to stay there. Even if you have all the God-given athletic abilities, even if you're in, even if you are a number one overall pick or a number two overall pick, like Wiggins and Towns respectively, that doesn't mean you're going to stay in the NBA. We've seen a ton of players who don't work hard to fall out of the league. I'm not saying these guys are going to fall out of the league necessarily, but there is there is a difference between Butler and these two young guys when it, in in terms of working really hard to get an NBA championship or to improve your career. I do think it is a little bit unfair of Butler to compare kind of I mean, I understand that the work ethic is is a concern for him, and I think he's worried that this franchise isn't really shooting for a title if this is the kind of, you know, thing that we right. reward with big contracts. But Carlton Towns and Andrew Wiggins are both 23 years old, 22, I think. Actually, I mean, they're they're our age. Yeah, they're so young. You know, they you might may not see the best out of them for another five years. Probably I, until they yeah. That contract. Yeah, and it's it's an, that's another thing. Setting the expectations that a 21 year old needs to have needs to have the knowledge of what it takes to make it in the NBA. That's in part of the veterans to pass that knowledge on to the young guys. Yeah, we we talked about this last time I was on the show. Is that yeah, it's a league that you know. Veterans win in this league. Rookies may get you, you know, as far as you can, young guys, but in the playoffs, veterans win you games. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that. Okay, so we've we've established that you're 
your ideal position is to get Butler out of there, obviously. You want to diffuse all of this kind of drama that's going on. And a lot of that, I think, has to do with the buildup around social media. You have one person who tweets something uh, about the Timberwolves practice, and if they're in the NBA media, that blows up and it gets taken as fact when it might actually not be fact. So we say we hear that Jimmy Butler was cussing out the GM directly. That could be like a game of telephone where you hear one guy say one thing and the line goes on and on to what actually happened. And by the time it gets on Twitter, it's a complete fabrication of what actually happened. From the Rachel Nichols interview, it sounded like Butler was, yeah, most of that was, most of that was true. Yeah. He, he didn't. He wanted to say most. I think he was just trying to lighten the situation. Right, and it's tough for it's tough for someone like Jimmy Butler to have to back up that kind of behavior on national TV. Like, obviously, you shouldn't be cursing out your GM. You obviously, but there's just exactly it should never have made it to national TV. The Timberwolves needed to keep that story contained. And I guess my next question now is. Does do players who are looking at Minnesota now look at Minnesota differently, or is that just exclusively with Jimmy Butler? If Jimmy Butler's gone, all these problems go away, or is this something that's going to continue if you're a player looking at a franchise like Minnesota? It's. I think the unfortunate part of this situation is that attracting a big-name veteran free agent will be almost impossible now. I don't think this is a place that veteran guys want to go to. Right. But... People like Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins around the league. They got a lot of friends, Devin Booker being one of them. D'Angelo Russell, they're really tight with those guys. This will be a place where, you know, they're going to have to play the long game with this rebuild. I mean, I'm not expecting Carl Anthony Towns to be anywhere near the complete package until I'm I'm giving it three to four more years before I can really start assessing whether he was worth building around. But we're going to have to go for younger guys because it's it's clear that Jimmy Butler, veterans – Veterans demand respect in this league, and I think Jimmy Butler, part of this media blow-up is that he doesn't feel like he's getting the respect he deserves on this roster. And Frankly, that could be true because he is our hardest-working player by far. But Butler? He shouldn't, yeah, yeah, Butler is, but Wiggins and Towns sh- should be taking over games, and they're, they're simply not. Yeah, I totally agree. And then going back to that Zach Lowe podcast, he... He had some pretty harsh things to say about Wiggins. He said, um, obviously, the team you want, the person you want to build your team around is Carl Anthony Towns. He has a complete package. He can shoot it from range. He can bring the ball up the court. He can take you off the dribble. He can take you down in the post. He's a very complete big man player uh, with all the tools and athletic abilities to be a star. Andrew Wiggins has sort of the same ability. However, we haven't seen him take the kind of jump and the steps that Carl Anthony Towns has made so far. He's a quiet guy, like, in personality and kind of the way he plays on the court. He sometimes just gets lost, gets adrift, and that was a, that was one big knock on him when he was at Kansas under right. Bill Self, was that when Bill Self wasn't, you know, you know, trying to light a fire under his ass, like, get him going, because sometimes he needs that coaching encouragement to get the best out of him, it yeah. seems like. And that's, yeah, that's just a reality with some players, too. Not every player, like, ideally you would want a player who has that self-motor, but then there are players who have such a high level of talent and skill but also don't have that other aspect. I can take that on my team. You you put a you put a great coach in front of him who's going to get him inspired, get him in the gym, getting him ready to go. And there is there is a point to where you can push a player like that and, and get them going. I just I hope 
we see Andrew Wiggins take that next jump to where he was before Butler came, 23 points a game, 24 points a game, and, and instead of going backward, which we've seen. I mean, Thibodeau is that kind of guy. That's what we thought he was when we got him as the head coach. Is that we thought this is kind of like a Bill Self hire. He's going to really focus on defense. He's yeah. going to we're going to take all these offensively gifted players, put a defensively gifted you know two way player and Butler around them. You know, it's all going to work itself out. We're going to get better on both sides of the ball, but that just hasn't been the case. I thought maybe maybe the Tom Thibodeau message, the way he's trying to get into Wiggins' you know, psyche, make him play better, make him play harder, maybe the message is just getting stale. Yeah, I, I, could, I could see that potentially happening. So we've established that Butler, Butler needs to go. There's really no repairing this relationship, even if it does. He's if, even, even said if, that. He's even said that. He... He's going to start the season with Minnesota. He's going to play. I think Jimmy is... I think he'll play hard. I think he'll play hard, yeah. I think Jimmy is the type of person who is going to, regardless of where he is, he's going to play hard regardless of his relationship. Obviously, he wants to get out. He's he's going in, going to play hard with the assumption that they're going to trade him as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. And I like the Miami look. Bam Adebayo and uh, Josh Richardson, those are two young guys that you can fit in pretty seamlessly with Minnesota, and you get rid of a media circus, which has been absolutely ridiculous, I have to say. It just kind of pisses me off that they would put Minnesota, and Minnesota's been under the gun kind of the whole summer, this whole offseason. It just seems like one thing after another with Minnesota has been happening, and that's not the way the franchise has been. No. They've historically been pretty quiet in the media. Yeah, they talked about. They receive almost zero negative attention, and then Kevin Garnett came into weigh in on this because now they're tarn. It's starting to tarnish the legacy of the Timberwolves. It's starting to paint the franchise in a bad light, which is it's a phenomenal franchise. It's it's been very successful. Take out the last fourteen years, I think bringing in a couple young guys, like you said, the long rebuilding, long ball rebuilding shot is the way to go. You bring in, yeah. I think the reason a trade hasn't been executed yet is that there's so much pressure from the fan base to get players and picks. And really? It sounds like there isn't a deal right now that the Heat want to... I, I just read a report that Miami doesn't... I mean, again, all speculation. Yeah, all speculation. Apparently Miami's not going to be the one picking up the phone anymore. They're not really engaged in these. So if Minnesota wants it to happen, they're going to have to reach out. Yeah, and frankly, that that's where you lose leverage. It sounds like ton of leverage. It sounds like a deal where a protected first round pick, Bam Adebayo, and uh, Josh Richardson. That's too much. And I think the Timberwolves were like, "Well, we need the pick, and we don't want to just get one player out of it." Yeah, we need to get two young guys in because you gave up three young guys to get Butler. So you want to get as much in return as what you got for him. Yeah, it was a, it was an investment, and frankly, it really needs to pay off. Yeah, and. So far, it hasn't it hasn't paid off so far, and hopefully Minnesota can recapture that by getting some young pieces and picks in return. Like because like we said, going long ball uh, with this rebuilding process, which sucks because they just came back from that rebuilding process. They just had 14 years in the hole, and it looked like they had that shimmer of daylight, and the door gets shut again. Yeah, it it sounds like the only way that deal could happen is if you know you throw in a a cap, a cap number kind of move. You throw in Gorgie Zhang, who's on a four years, $64 million deal. That was an enigma of a yeah. contract. We shouldn't have given a player that much money, a young guy especially, who isn't even a starter now, uh, that, that kind of money. And so we're probably going to have to pick up the last two years of the Hassan Whiteside deal. 
because I think right. they're ready to move on from him. I think the whole league is ready to move on from him, if they haven't already. He's kind of fallen out that of contention completely. Sounds like that as a, pretty as a, much would delay the rebuild by another two years. Yeah. Because then you have all that money free up in two years rather than three with Gordy Zhang. And Gordy right. Zhang is getting paid. For a guy who doesn't play more than 20 minutes a game, that's a lot of money. That is a lot of money. Um, Do you hear about the Joakim Noah thing where they broke down his they broke down his points in terms of how much he was making? It was he scored I think like four points. There was a lot of money left on that deal. Yeah. When they cut him, it's uh, it, it's kind of ridiculous. And my biggest biggest hope is that Tom Thibodeau does not bring Joakim Noah into it's, the into the It sounds like that is the one guy that he isn't going to. Yeah, that, and. It's, signs are pointing towards that not being the case. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think I read. I retweeted something that was on, along the lines of Thibodeau has zero interest in pursuing Joakim Noah, which is the smartest thing the Timberwolves have done in weeks. I think this Butler thing it hurts both parties significantly because not only does this kind of media meltdown show it cuts into Jimmy Butler's trade value as well as cutting into what Minnesota can now get for him. Had this not happened, they would have gotten a much better package deal for Butler and both parties would have been extremely happy. But now this comes in and it it kind of, like you said, all the leverage is out the window. It's now on Minnesota to make a deal and teams have no incentive to give up big pieces now to get Jimmy Butler. It's sad, yeah. Both I think both parties have lost a significant amount of respect around the league too. Yeah. Because usually... You gotta you gotta be more conscious of you know how the media is gonna treat certain you know happenings in the league, and you know they didn't do a good, the the Wolves and Jimmy Butler did not communicate well enough in the off season to establish if at all to, yeah to establish you know hey we need to if there's an issue we have to resolve this internally we cannot let other parties get involved because I, I said this on Twitter this is a circus. Thanks again to Chez for taking the time to come onto the podcast this week. I really appreciate it. We hope to have him back on future shows as the season gets rolling. Again, please like, rate, and subscribe.